Welcome to New Life Church teaching titled, The Trip of a Lifetime. Our teacher today is Alan Smith. Amen. Well, we do welcome you here uh, this morning, this uh, special service that we're having today for our sister Kelly. And I have some news to report to you from heaven as you watch this teaching so that hopefully we can have an understanding, a better understanding of what's going on. You know, this is a time of sadness and joy. You hold sadness in one hand and joy in the other. You've got enough sadness, so I'm going to get into the joy part a little bit here. As we, you can see this backdrop that I've felt like the Holy Ghost led me to, and I thought, well, maybe it's a little too direct. And the Lord said, I want you to be direct this morning. And so we can see there this picture of a person who's right before they're entering heaven, and I'm calling this a trip of a lifetime. The trip of a lifetime. If you were going to plan a vacation to Hawaii or Bahamas, or you would get all the information you could get before you went. You'd want to know what it's like, what's the scenery like, what is there to do. I'm going to hit that just a little bit. And, and what's happening on this trip of a lifetime, and I want us to view it as a trip of a lifetime. And what happens is, I know we use the word death. I, I don't know that I'm that fond of that word. I say it's passing from here to there. We're passing on to this next part of this lifetime. Don't misunderstand me. And please understand me. This is our greatest trip of the lifetime. Yes. You might have a bucket list, but this one's on top. Okay, this is the big one. It's a trip of a lifetime. Now, let's watch this. As I move quickly, I don't have but a few minutes, so I will move quickly. Everybody talks about it. Heaven, you know, I don't care who you are. You Sometime in your life, you'll speak of that, about talking about heaven. Almost everyone is looking for it. Now, I want to throw this in there. Everybody's looking for it, but not even being sure of what it is. Everybody in life's looking for it. In other words, well, if I had this house, I had this job, I had all this security. What we don't realize, we're looking for it. What you're actually looking for is heaven. That's what the it is. Then we try to fill it up with all of this stuff on earth just to leave it. So that couldn't be it. But there's something in us that is drawn to this it. And I just submit to you this morning, it's what's in all of us is this journey, and this is what I call this trip of a lifetime. So we're not necessarily all sure of what it is. When going on this trip of a lifetime, it would be good to have someone who lives there to give us directions and information about it. If you're going to some foreign country, don't you think the end, it'd be nice to have somebody that lives in that country to give you the intel of this special place to go, this special place to be? So this is a trip of the lifetime. So as Christians and believers, and what I'm trying to do is to bring this day into its proper place, into the reality of truth, sadness in one hand, joy in the other. First, we must understand this is a trip of a lifetime in which we all will have this opportunity to be on this trip of a lifetime. So as we're doing this, we want to find out if you're going on a trip. Okay, let's find somebody that lives there already. Perhaps they can show us how to get there. Maybe they can give us some directions. Maybe they can give us some information about it. Do you drive or do you take a train or do you take a ship? How am I going to get there? 
I've said it's a trip of a lifetime. And when you're studying a trip, you're saying, well, are we going to fly? Are we going to drive? It's too, too far to drive. So just exactly how we are we going to get there once we discover we've got some inside information on this journey. Now, perhaps we need a GPS. It just so happens your phone's not going to be with you. It's not going to work. It'll work, but it's going to have, it doesn't go that far. But I, I kind of I kind of messed with it a little bit, if you'll give me the liberty. It's God's positioning system, which tells you the way to go. We do have a GPS. We got a, a GPS right here. Now, I'm not, I'm not just trying to make a pun or a good story. I'm telling you the truth. This is true. God's given us a GPS on how to take this trip of a lifetime. He's actually given it to us. The question is, do we look at it that way? Do we look and see that that's what it is? Jesus positions us for this trip. Jesus is the one that puts you in this position. He buys our ticket and he pays for our trip. There again, this is a trip of a lifetime. Jesus purchases the ticket for you. If you wonder why I'm pausing, I'm waiting on an amen. amen. Thank you very much. We'd have been here all day. I'm sorry. Jesus, it's a trip of a lifetime, and Jesus bought our ticket, and he pays for our trip, free trip. For you to know that it was not, it says it's about redeeming, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. Redeemed there means that you're on this trip of a lifetime. From the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So Jesus, listen, please hear me. You got to get the emphasis of my message. You are getting ready for a trip of your lifetime. This is exciting. We got all this fear about it, but it's exciting. Now I'm going to try to show it to you. Jesus talks about heaven in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, not only has he paid the price, bought you the ticket, he's prepared your hotel when you get there. I'm not, I've had a lot of people give a lot of different ways. Oh, this is the house and that's the house and didn't mean this. I'm just going to what it says. Not only has he done it all. He is expecting your coming. <laughs> We're expecting him to come. He's expecting for us to come. He's expecting you to be there. He was expecting Kelly to be there today. She's on a trip of a lifetime. I want, I want to show you something here, if you'll hang with me. I don't have but a few minutes, but I got to hurry. Jesus went ahead of us to get things ready. 2 Corinthians, for we know that if our earthly house or tent, some translation says, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we see that he went ahead of us. I want you to see something here. This is very important. There is a currency in heaven, which is faith. Now I want you to see this spiritual truth. There is a currency of heaven, which is faith. If you go... What kind of money do they have in Mexico? Pesos. If you go to Mexico, you might get some of your money transferred here before you go. So when you get to Mexico, you got pesos. God has given us and issued us a measure of faith, which is the currency of heaven before we get there. There's something that we spend here that causes heaven to be purchased here. 
I need some amens awful bad, y'all. I ain't got but so much time. It's faith. Now, I want you to see it. I want you to see something. The currency of heaven is faith. When you go to a foreign country, you must exchange your currency for theirs. In heaven, faith is yourself. In yourself is not valid. It's wrong currency. I'm showing you how to not misdirect faith. If you got faith in yourself or somebody else to bring you happiness, fulfillment, yada, 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 you got the wrong currency. If you want to operate in the heavenlies in the spirit, you got to use the currency of heaven now. It's called faith. And it's not in you. You say, well, somebody so so let you down. Well, Jesus has never let you down. Now, I got to move. I ain't got but a few minutes. Faith in Christ pays for everything. It's the currency of heaven. Everything that you need, I didn't say that you want it. I said everything that you need is by spending faith in Christ. And you're trusting Him through that currency of faith to give you what you need. Didn't say what you want. That's currency in you. I want, I want, I want. That's faith in your wants. Why do you want? Because you think it'll make you happy. If I just had this one more thing, if I just had, oh God, won't you? When our faith is in Christ, it's the currency of heaven. It purchases what we need. Now let me move on. In heaven, there is only one accepted currency, and it is the currency of faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What happens when we die? I just want to hit her right wide open. Steve knows me. I, I like to go the shortest distance is to go straight between two points. So what happens to us? I'm very happy for Kelly this morning. I am sad, but my joy is overtaking my sadness Amen. as I prepared this message. I'm ahead of you. I know if I look a little too joyous, forgive me. But my, I was very sad yesterday, and this morning my joy has outrun my sadness. What happens when we die? It says, I'm going to use Scripture, 2 Corinthians. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon, you see it, with our house which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. Has anybody groaned this morning? Okay. Being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now we that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of His Spirit. So this morning, He's given us an earnest of His Spirit. He's given us a little bit of this house, a little bit of touch, a little feeling of this that we're going to be clothed with. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that, which we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not sight. So he gets into the faith subject. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I have 100% confidence that Kelly is with the Lord right now. She has more life right now than you do. Sorry to shock you. You're only half alive. She's mourning for us, perhaps. We're not fully alive here. Kelly's got one up on us this morning. She's fully alive. Now let me move. This life is like a sleeping in a tent. How many like to go camping? Oh, poor Trevor. <laughs> I like to go camping. <laughs> Have you ever slept in a tent? 
I said, Lord, if you deliver me of this, I will never do it again. The main thing to understand is that a tent is a temporary dwelling compared to a building, which is relatively permanent. So a tent, it's not permanent. Your body is like a tent, and who you really are lives in the body or in the tent. Your body is merely a tent. A little uncomfortable, isn't it? The longer you put that tent up, the more worn it gets, doesn't it? You're in a tent. You have a body, you're not a body. Just as God is a triunity, Father, Son, and Spirit, we are triunity as well. We are body, soul, and spirit. Kelly has put off this outer body, which is not Kelly. It's just her outer tent has been put off. She now has a heavenly tent. You say, well, Alan, what about the resurrection? There, Can we get to that body so that we can go all over the universe? That's another day. She has a heavenly body right now. The outward person is your body, and the inward person is your soul and your spirit. I've got to move. The real you is invisible and lives in a body. Hear me. The only thing that Kelly's put down this morning is her body or her tent. The only thing, which we all will one day, unless the rapture happens first. If you don't believe in it, you can stay if you want to. Now, I want you to look at this little quote here. President Woodrow Wilson's favorite saying, I love this, was, I know how ugly I are. I know my face ain't no star, but I don't mind it because I'm behind it. It's the others who get the jar. (laughs) Thought I'd give you that one free. Now, when you look at me, you can only see the outer me, but there is also an inner me, which is my soul and my spirit. Your body wears out and eventually dies. This outer body, this outer tent eventually dies. Everybody that Jesus healed died. No doubt Kelly was healed 15, 20, 30 times. No doubt you have been too. You say, well, what about the healing of God? God heals. There's not a person in here ain't been healed over stuff. But understand something. Everybody that Jesus healed died. It's this other mystery we got to understand. We're not in. We get There's three parts of being born again. Your body is born again, your soul, and your spirit. The body's the last, last one. Where spirit's born again now, soul's being born again. And if you hadn't noticed, you're going to need another body. So that's the completeness. Now watch this right quickly. I got to go. This tent is not permanent, and one day we will all move out of it. The only difference is Kelly's moved out of it ahead of us. That's all. She's more alive now than you are. C.S. Lewis wrote this. I liked it. You don't have a soul. You are a soul, and you have a body. As your body gets more feeble, it is possible that your soul and spirit is getting more and more renewed. Isn't that right, preacher? That's right. Your body's getting feeble, but it's possible that your soul and spirit can keep renewing. Now, I'm going to give you a word for it. The Bible says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Proof text, 2 Corinthians. You say, Alan, I'm hurt. If I could just feel better, I'll serve God. That's not the way this puppy runs. Not the way it runs. I got to move. Every day that I live, this body is telling me I'm going to need a newer model one day. So I long and look forward to this day. We spend a lot of time, money, and attention to our bodies, but Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We've got, even though we're charismatic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, all Jesus Bible book believers, we got to believe it all. We're going to pray for Jesus to heal. By the way, did you know he's the one that has the call? Not us. We pray to, for, for healing until you can't breathe no more. 
That's right. God tells you different. I can go with that. But that's our call, our, our information given to us. That's what we do. But God's the final word on all things. And we respect that and we yield to that. Because it's appointed unto man. Y'all know the rest of it. All right, look at it. Death is leaving this tent to be in the presence of Jesus. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I am torn, Paul says. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. But you can see there, to leave here is gain. This is what C.S. Lewis, I guess I had several quotes I love. C.S. Lewis had to say about people who don't understand heaven. Now, <laughs> you know C.S. Lewis. You got to watch what he says. Pay attention. There is no need to be worried about flippant people who try to make the Christian hope of heaven ridiculous by saying they do not want to spend eternity playing harps. The answer to such people is that if they cannot understand books written for grown-ups, they should not talk about them. Uh, maybe that's not quite as spiritual as some of you like it, but I liked it. I like to get to the point. Will heaven be boring? Look again at how John describes the capital city of heaven. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, and its crystal flowing to the throne of God. And of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Revelation 22, will heaven be boring? Think not on that street. Heaven can't be boring because we will be meeting new friends. It's Bible. Here's how John said it. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. I can see Kelly right now. Listen, she's a people person. She's just people. She's made for heaven. She's made for there more than here. I'll just, just trust me. Don't think she's going to be lonely. It's not the way it works. I'm going to show you a little more here. Kelly's now with Finn. I didn't spell that right, did I? That's okay. I got worried about it after I already saw it. It just come to me. I didn't spell You know what I'm talking about. Kelly's now with Finn. Now, I'm going to show you Bible for that. When King David's infant son died, he said, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Finn couldn't come to her. She went to him. That's Bible. You want, so I've had people ask me, it's Bible. That's, right. That's what it is. Listen. God lives there. Jesus has been there before. I'm going to go by their instructions. We got inside information that somebody lives there. Watch this. Will it be boring? Here's uh, Dan Schaefer writes, Heaven will be a city of new people, regenerated, renewed, and perfect. And they could listen. Imagine upon arriving in heaven that you discovered that the first person you met loved you so dearly and deeply that it took your breath away and that this expression of love neither embarrassed you nor made you feel strange. Did you figure on that? Well, you're going to get there. Everybody's full of the love of God. That's going to be who's greeting you. They're going to love you beyond any love you've ever experienced, and it's going to be great. Not only that, everybody. Watch this. You were able to receive this person's love as easily as he or she was able to give it. We're not going to have our hangouts of here. You're going to be able to receive it. Most are, listen, there's more love given on earth than received. Okay, you can figure that out later. I've got to move. I've got five minutes. Heaven can't be boring because we will engulf, be engulfed in a symphony of praise. When John arrived in heaven, there was a scene of worship. He wrote, Then I saw a lamb looking at as if it had been slain. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Don't think she's going to be boring. You're going to have all these people that love you. You're going to be meeting new people every day. You're going to sit around and tell Jesus stories. 
Now, watch this. I'll give you one more. Today, we maybe have many questions. We have a lot of things that are still unanswered. You know, it used to tickle me. I've heard all, we call them Kelly stories. Everybody's got Kelly stories. And, and in those Kelly stories, it was like she was a little ditzy or whatever. Now, most of the time you, I'm not saying 100%, but most of the time, we were misinterpreting innocence for ditzy because she was innocent. She, you'd say an off-color joke. She's like, what? I'm just honest with you. Is anybody, if I got a, am I talking out of school here? Y'all go south on me. Listen, I want you to know something. Kelly is in heaven today. Today, Kelly is the smartest person in this room. You can think she's a little ditzy or she was a little this. She was a lot of fun is what she was. She caused people to laugh a lot. But I want to tell you something. We got people in this room who's got PhDs. You got all kinds of things after your name. Kelly's in heaven. She's got the mind of Christ. Today, she's smarter than anybody in here. Can anybody hear what I'm trying to tell you? She's the smartest person in this room. She has the mind of Christ. She's in the presence of Christ. She sees reality as it is today. She's ahead of us. We're behind of her. You don't feel sorry for somebody look in the mirror. Tell her we'll be there in a little bit. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your way. And Lord, I pray that if anything that I've said is of you, I pray it will be quickened to our hearts. If anything that I've said is not of you, I pray it will fall to the ground. But shake us real good, oh God. Let us all see where we are. Let us all see truly what heaven is. Be with us as we continue in this service. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.